Hey guys, it is the Spark Jada Stone, and you're watching the OVW podcast, and you better tune in because I'm here. Get it? Got it? Good. Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I'm Brian Hines, and I killed Laura Palmer. And I am Jack Minogue, the Bajetoes bad boy Jack Minogue. Nice. Today we are getting into all the action from OVW TV 1265, emanating from Historic Davis Arena on November 9th, 2023. Big weekend for you guys, though, before we delve into that. Oh my god, yes. It was something. We had a great time at the Manchester last Friday night. I unfortunately was not able to attend, but our producer, Tiny Brian, and, and our senior producer, Victor, were. Do you mind to tell me a little bit about what went on on uh, Friday night at the Manchester Music Hall here in Lexington, Kentucky? Well, hey, I'll, uh, I'll step right in here and what Brian and I can talk about it. Unfortunately, we don't have Victor with us today. Unfortunately. He <laughs> missed out today, and you, Jackman, you missed out on Friday, so we haven't had a full compliment at either of these events we got to get uh, the full team back together sometime we haven't done that since wrestlers yeah Yeah, we got to get the the band back together for sure oh yeah podcasters one day i'll get the name of the podcast that we did right well it was about wrestlers so it's okay yeah it's fine uh so let's see they opened with will austin the future versus tw3 i was glad to see him up and around after uh, that pay-per-view that we went to because he took a nasty spill and that that's was Will Austin. That there. was no joke. Yeah, yeah, Will Austin for that's sure. Our fr- that's the first time we've seen him since that head injury. Isn't uh, it? As far as I can remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, still didn't work out well for him. TW did get the victory. Uh, well, sure, yeah. He's yeah. A, he's white hot these days. He's on fire. Sure. Then there was a. Uh, Seems a, like everybody that stops by the Ohio Valley Wrestling Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is on fire. Maybe we're a good luck charm or something. I we're, don't know. Locker room, if any of you guys want to stop by and check, you know where to find us. We're like a wrestler zippo. We'll get you hot. Um, <laughs> I don't, that's dumb. Sorry. Then there's Ryan Von yeah, go Rocket. Ahead, go ahead and cut that one, Malachi. Go ahead, go ahead and uh, cut that one. Ryan Von Rocket versus uh, the superior one, Tony Evans. What did you think of this one, Brian? It was a great uh, match. Sh- oh, God. I walked right into that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it was a great match. I'll, I'll try not to do any more bits. I'm going to ask a question, and I swear to God, if you hush me, I'm walking off the set of the podcast. <laughs> I'll be good. How much gaga was there in this match? Like, how long did it take them before there was any anything resembling a wrestling match between Tony Evans and Ryan Von Rock? Oh, we're still waiting. We're still, Brian and I are, te- in our souls, we're still at Manchester Music Hall watching Ryan Von Rocket do a guitar solo. Which I, he did right in front of us. Right, right. And he, he literally got up like his armpit was in my face. Yeah. Yeah, that's how close he was. Victor and I did the Wayne's World, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. (laughs) Yeah, I could only imagine between these guys. Not that as a negative on either one of those guys. No, these are people I can watch not wrestle all night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, parade around and play your guitar as loud and as long as you want. No, that's That's right. That's the only person who I sort of expected to see that I did not. I was hoping to see Jay De Niro, friend of the show as well, but uh, I did not see him. He hasn't technically premiered on the feed yet, so he's still... 
He's still acquaintance of the show. Yes. Oh, I see. Well, and that's why he ha- he didn't get the book because they didn't know. Oh, well, look at yeah. you. Once you once you premiere on the show, yeah, yeah. things start happening for the roster. <laughs> Good high impact match, <laughs> technically for the Kentucky Championship there. But, but my uh, favorite part of that match was uh, it was almost kind of like a hush off in the beginning because you know Superior Tony Evans was trying to uh, come out and you know do what he does and get the attention that he deserves from the crowd. And uh, Ryan Von Rocket was not having it. And any time he opened his mouth, Ryan Von Rocket turned that guitar up just a little bit louder and played, uh, God, what the, uh, there were like two or three different things that he played. I think there was some ACDC Thunderstruck in there. And uh, uh, that was the only one I can remember some off crowd, the top of my some head. Some crowd pleasers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. For a minute, it was Arena Rock. And since I don't get to talk on this podcast very much, I'm usually bound up in the studio. Can we talk about the fact that Ryan Von Rocket's song, who I happen to know both of you have on vinyl. Correct. Thanks, company card. There, there is... <laughs> There, there's not a rhyming cutlet in that entire couplet in that entire song. You mentioned that there, and I think about that every time I, you know, he is on his way to the ring, and I've never really sat down and opened the vinyl because that's just kind of how I am. It's sealed and it's all nice and neat and pristine and sure uh, pressed in the Czech Republic and all that. But uh, at a time I, when when there are global vinyl shortages, somehow Ryan Von Rocket finds a Czech Republic vinyl factory to print his interest. His yeah. full size record with one <laughs> song on it. It's like yes. a Kassingle, a 12 inch Kassingle. <laughs> and, and that's fine. That is just fine. I'm just saying I like rhyming occasionally. Well, sure. But I mean, anyway. a, a lot of writing rhymes, but not all of it. Then we, we, our third bout in Manchester was a women's tag match. Layla and Jada of the Bad Girls Club, both friends of the show. Indeed. Uh, versus Freya the Slayer and TT. And Freya is a friend of the show. That's true. Uh, we are hoping to get TT to join us sometime very soon. One of the hottest rising performers in, in OVW women. But uh, Freya and TT take this one. Any thoughts on this match, Brian? Uh, it was a, a strong outing from both sides. Uh, Layla Gray and Jada Stone are were just as bad as ever, and uh, Freya and TT were, I mean, a solid tag team unit. Absolutely, and in fact, this one ended, if you'll remember, with Freya doing the set, doing TT's finishing move. They yeah, did the t- they both did the weird surfboard slam thing of hers. Yes, they did. Which was insane. It was in stereo. I, I love that move. If I could ask one question, how sure. much uh, how much of the work did Layla do that night? Was it fifty fifty? Was Jada in there? Felt like Jada was in there pretty a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was probably about. We 50, had just 50. met her that day, so yeah. you know, I, I was kind of over selecting for her. It was about fifty fifty. You know, phone a friend, poll the audience, whatever. And then there, this was. Then there was a. As OVW seems to be OVW's signature thing, y'all can correct me, you know a lot more about wrestling than me, but OVW loves to put 19 people in the ring all at once and call it a tag team match. Get those paydays, baby. I love it. So yeah, we had a a four-team, one-fall tag match. I did actually, because we were sitting right behind the ring announcer, Yes. so I actually tapped him on the shoulder. I'm like, is this elimination or is this this one fall? So that I, because normally I have to track like, who comes in first, and then what order they're all eliminated in. So yeah. this time I just had to track, and it was Jack Vaughn and uh, Digat Bundles. Weirdly weird pairing. Yes, uh, this was the only match of the night that seemed odd. Like you know, okay, these are all the odds and ends that we have left. We're just going to put everybody together in a four 
for you know, a four corner tag team match. Certainly Vaughn and Bungles. They they yes. that's a weird tag that's weird for either one of them to be in the tag group and Every, weirder that they're together. Yeah. Every time I see they get bundles in a prominent spot, I think it's weird, but well, I like him, but yeah, it's you're right. He's that he's like Hooten Toot Guerrero. We just he he only shows up randomly. Yeah, just in my memory. Like uh, what was it last week where he wrestled Pectacular for the championship? For the championship, out of nowhere. just out of nowhere. Yeah. So yeah, that I was, mean, good for him for getting oh, the opportunity. Yeah, we're but. Good for him for for making the match. Where yeah, but it was Vaughn and Bungles, Zoe and Beef, uh, the formerly Derby City Destroyers, now just Destroyers. Our favorites, Beaches and Cream, and then your winner, Tony Gunn, and uh, the OVW podcast pick for rising star of the OVW, Donovan Cecil. If, yes. If I was here, clear for me which one I would have been. We love Beaches and Cream, big, big, big fan of them on the podcast. Luscious Lawrence being a fan, uh, friend, friend of the, of the show. show. Yeah, yeah, but um, the pairing of Tony Gunn and Donovan Cecil just... Uh, Gets my lips a little wet. Gets my mouth a little wet. And they really, they really were the stars of that match too. Yeah, like it was, it was that that was almost a come, almost seemed like a coming out party for Donovan. Really, it, that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. I mean, it seems like every week on OVW minus this week. Yeah, Donovan noticeably absent. absent. I mean, week. I was actively waiting for him to show up because I I wanted to see him in action again, but. Uh, that's okay. I got to see him live last week, and he did not disappoint. He was, and that's twice now, mm-hmm. uh, or is it three times? I can't remember whether he was there the Thursday before the pay per view, but he was definitely there during the pay per view. He's been there. I've seen him three or four times now. He he is he is fun to watch live. Yes, and after exceptional. That, big and mobile. After that match that Tony Gunn and Donovan Cecil had against each other. Yeah. Kind of getting to see them tag would be awesome. It it was. It was. They were. They made for a pretty good tag partners too. Better than Vaughn and uh, Bungles. Yeah. Uh, then we get to our only consequential match of this particular event, which was the Rush Division Championship with yes. Adam Revolver, including a ret- uh, Shannon the Dude and Cal Hero. And uh, somehow Cal Hero pulls this off. Uh, that was the shock of the night right there. Congratulations to Cal Hero. Absolutely. Fanny Pack Party made us go crazy. Yeah. Well, we uh, we both got a chance to talk to him during intermission. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Cal. It was great to talk to you. Uh, I I told uh, um, you that uh, you're Jackman's favorite, and he's sitting right here, and he's uh, a little bit jealous that true. I got a chance he's, to. He's visibly true. salivating, folks. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of embarrassing, it's, Jackman. It's true. <laughs> but uh, congratulations to you on uh, regaining the title, and uh, we're we're glad that uh, the old Cal is back, and uh, we can't wait to see you in the studio sometime soon. I saw some uh, video of this match during Thursday's show. Yes. In fact, if you look close, you can see senior producer Victor by the ramp in his OVW t-shirt. I didn't see him, but I saw his daughter Isabella. Yeah. Sorry, I had kind of thought that something like this was going to happen, though. There was going to be a title change, and if there was one I was going to guess, that was kind of the one I had circled. Would make sense. This is the one that definitely makes the most sense, especially after yeah. kind of the abrupt change that they had the night before on television. Mm-hmm. Just kind of uh, inserting that idea into people's heads. Oh, you got to come to these house shows because you have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they had pretty good video of it when they came back on Thursday too. I, I, w- I was surprised. Yeah, I didn't uh, notice any video cameras or very. Their presence was 
at uh, minimized at ringside, not like it is at Davis Arena where you've got the the hard camera, mm-hmm. and then you've got the two mobile units circling around just outside the camera. ring. It was just yeah. one camera. I didn't even see it, so I didn't expect that there would be any sort of video from that night. And I'm I'm glad we at least got to see a little bit. I haven't looked on YouTube to see whether there's any more, but uh, I will I will go look into that after That's we're finished here. Good question to ask. Uh, then we come to the women's championship bout. Hey, Hollywood Haley J, friend of the show. Look out for that coming real soon. Versus uh, Tiffany Nieves. And Tiffany retains. Nieves. 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 Tiffany Nieves. Nieves. And uh, Tiffany does retain her belt with a little help from the Bad Girls Club as usual. As dastardly a win as we've seen as of late from La Princesa Tiffany Nieves. I mean... There was a little boy that was in the front row right beside us who had a Hollywood Haley J picture, and she snatched that picture from his hand and ripped it up right in front of him. Yikes. It, yes. Yeah, I mean, it was like, a lot. Yikes. Literally, like, right in front of us and was just taunting that little boy and the, the kids that were around him the entire match. Like, that is about as big a heel move as you can possibly get. And there we are. We, we saw it firsthand. I even have most of the picture. I was going to say, and guess who wound up with that torn up picture of Hollywood Haley That reminds me, on my way home, I need to stop by the dollar store and get an 8x10 so I can uh, frame that up. And even though it's torn up, now it uh, it is art instead of just an autograph picture. It sure is. Now that I know the heels terrorized kids all night, I am really sad I missed it. Yeah, you, you would have loved it, man. Then... Uh, <laughs> Our uh, uh, penultimate ep- uh, bout of this particular evening was uh, EC3, who I was su- honestly I was surprised to see E3C EC3 here for this. Yeah, weird to have the that guy at, a, at a, just a random house show in Lexington, but I well, was happy to see him. Stranger things happen. I, he was at a random house show in Ohio about a month ago. For yeah. what it's worth, ever since he's become NWA champion, he really is putting in the the work to take that belt out to as many different places as humanly possible. And we should, we, at some point, we should talk about the fact that he is now much more involved with NWA, like mm-hmm. administrative. But this isn't the point place well, for that. No, not right now. But I do while we ha- while while we kind of fell upon the subject. You've it, you've got to hand it to him. NWA is in shambles right now, but he is really putting in the work. Good, good for him. Good on him. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's put the thing on his back. Yes. The whole, like, interpromotional thing that it is. Uh, so, yeah, Tiffany wins. Uh, the bad girls help. E- oh, we're already on to the next one. EC3 with Shannon the Dude, obviously, uh, versus Jesse Goddard's. And uh, uh, Kind of a no, kind of a disqualification there. I, I, I think Shannon did. Shannon run in and hit him. What happened here, Brian? Um, yeah, it was something like that. I, I honestly don't remember. I didn't take any notes from that night. It was one of those uh, times where I, I just wanted to watch in the moment as sure. a fan, and uh, I, I made no mental notes. I made no physical notes. I didn't like talk into my phone or anything. I just kind of soaked in all the energy and enjoyed the show. And was not disappointed, so I couldn't tell you exactly. Yeah, oh, sure uh, I want to say EC3 smalls. hit him with the belt. Yeah, I was going to say there was some belt schmoz. Is that the is that the word, Jackman? Schmoz. Schmoz. Yeah. Schlemiel. Schlemazel. Hassan Fetter Incorporated. We're going to do it. Yes, we are. Our final match of this Manchester thing, and we will get on to the main show. It was a non-title tag match between the Over Men. 
and the Golden Lions. Uh, of course, because it's non-title, uh, the Golden Lions win handily. Yes. Um, I have a real problem, gentlemen, and maybe you can help me. Luke Curtis, his, his trunks and his robe. <laughs> like those trunks, those velvet-ass trunks. I know. I knew exactly where you were going with I, this I, as soon as you said I would something. otherwise have no interest in grabbing Luke Curtis's ass, but every time I see him in those Whoa. velvety trunks, I'm like, I want to touch but I'm not gonna because he's he's engaged. It's not a romantic thing. I just want to feel the fabric. The I'm not opinions of uh, Tiny Brian Woodard are not reflective of the rest of the OVW podcast staff. You guys know you want to touch his butt. No, no, no. I want the robe. If he offered, I guess I would. All right. So that is the. So that was the Manchester show uh, as quickly as we could roll through it. We'll get to uh, so that uh, we will uh, get to the business at hand. I'll get off the mic and let the boys talk about all the action from OVW 1265 right after I do this other thing, which is to talk about Bluegrass Homefront. Now, Bluegrass Homefront, as you may be aware, is a podcast that I did with senior producer Victor Anderson, where we talk about Kentucky music and stories. We talk to artists we go to we we go to places where stories are happening we talk to people real kentuckians about real things and listen to real kentucky music and you can find it all wherever you get your podcasts at bluegrass homefront or by visiting bluegrasshomefront.com oh speaking of podcast websites if you go to ovwpodcast.com now you can click on the there's two options there we've already told you several times about the podcasters link that will show you all the episodes of podcasters there. That's available for you. Now you can also click interviews or just go to OVW podcast slash interviews. And every one of our interviews we've done all the way from Crixus to the most recent one, Jada Stone, will all be there for you. So you can get those if you, if you want to re-listen or if you're a new listener trying to catch up. Those are there for you at OVWpodcast.com slash interviews. And without further ado, let me take you back to the studio to Brian Hines and Jackman Oates, already in progress. Welcome back to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. He's still Jackman Oaks. And he is still Brian Hines. Brian, right before we jump into this, do you know what my favorite part of the OVW website is, the OVW Podcast website? No. There's this really sexy picture of Malachi on there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Listeners, single ladies... All the single ladies. Go to the staff page, I think. Find that picture of Malachi. Show your friends. Looks like... Don't pour, don't pour young, it on too young, heavy, we man. We got a young lady killer out here. That's all I can say. That's I, my favorite. I'm not my saying I, I disagree with you because I absolutely agree with you 100%. Got I'm just saying lady that killer out uh, he's a young man, and I can tell he's starting to get a little, little embarrassed. But uh, we, we both just want to say, you know, go go check it out. and uh, Make it your background on your phone. Yeah. I mean, you can check when that when you're at the bar and you got to lie to guys about if you have a boyfriend. Show them this picture of Malachi. They won't. They won't ask any questions. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will go and, and check that out. But uh, I'm excited about all the uh, the new links. And the only links that I would be more excited about are sausage. 
And eventually I'm going to start writing some shit for the website again. I wrote one thing. I was pretty proud of it, but uh, I, eventually I promise As I'll you should writing be. some shit again. That's okay. We're, we're growing. Baby steps, man. Baby and, steps. Anyway. Anyway. Of, this picture of Malachi. Anyway, this picture of Malachi. You got to see it. Um, Shalance Royale with PJ Jones, as always. Her, her, uh, her, her attorney. Uh, PJ Jones Esquire. Royale with sleaze. Versus uh, Dream Girl Ellie's is how we opened up this week's episode of Ohio Valley Wrestling Television. We've seen this one a couple of times. We have, but uh, that didn't stop me from watching it again. And um, uh, Dream Girl Ellie looked fierce this yeah. week. And if you haven't experienced that primal scream in person, whether it be at Historic Davis Arena or the Manchester or... Any city in the United States that they plan on taking this show to in 2024, I cannot express how big a deal it is because, I mean, it's outside of that. I mean, it's, you know, a, a typical match. You know, Dream Girl Ellie is always solid. Uh, her opponents are always solid. The matches themselves are solid. But to experience that primal scream and just wow it's really something you, so uh, covered my next question i was going to ask if the primal scream was over or not but we got the answer before the question was even asked uh for me this i love dream girl and shauncee royale matches i've said on this podcast before that these girls really uh together both of them are physical anyway together they really tend to lay it in there was just a certain for me uh, there was a certain malaise over this match and kind of over the show in general this week. I don't know if that's fair to say. I don't know if you felt the same way. In what sense? I just thought it moved a little slow. I thought it was a little wonky. Two uh, people that oh. I, two people that I thought would uh, that I've known in the past to be fireburners. I kind of thought that they didn't have the thing that they usually have. I just I wonder I wonder if this was. If this being the beginning match, I saw the rest of the card differently, or if there was something going on in the arena that kind of uh, zapped some of the energy. I don't know. It was just kind of a weird episode for me. I thought some of the pacing was weird. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Now, now that you bring that up, I can I can see where you're coming from on that. Initially, when I watched it, no, I, I didn't really pick up on any of that. But uh, uh, this match itself uh, was on the shorter side. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of singing, obviously you know, by uh, Shalance and, um, you know, just general interference from PJ Jones. But it wasn't a, a very long match, but I feel like Dream Girl Ellie uh, was very assertive and, uh, you know, she meant that win. The Bad Girls Club kind of um, interferes, gets a distraction. Yeah. Uh, Dream Girl Ellie still goes on to win with, like, quite the submission, too. W wasn't that something? <laughs> like, um, I guess the, the commentators described it as a cross face, but it was, like, with her legs. It was, yeah. like, it was, it was kind of quite the submission. I mean, between her strikes and her submissions, like, she's... She's got it going on over there. Jim Grell, he's got it going on. Yeah, I, I had to go back and rewind that because I, I looked away from my TV for a second, and then they I heard him say, uh, you know, they were talking about this new cross face yeah. that uh, I, and they were going on about it, so I had to go back and rewind. I, and, I rewound yeah, that it was, as well and cause, just because I was like, what the shit was that? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I looked over and I, I saw what was what going on, was. and I didn't yeah. understand what I was seeing, so I had to go back and, and yeah, watch it again. I was just like, I was like, what is? I yeah, it was like, I I was uh, I was mesmerized. It was uh, it was awesome. Great, great submission move. Um, kind of uh, for me, a a a cherry on top, I guess, or a a light at the top of the hill for 
the rest of that match. I just didn't connect with it, I suppose. Um, we saw backstage sketch. Manny Domingo gets jumped outside of, of Historic Davis Arena. Junta Pesos Junta in peril. I wanted to ask because I couldn't remember exactly what it was. That's okay, man. Junta I'm picking Pesos. up what you're putting down. How long you. is Manny Domingo going to dress like Jay De Niro? I hope it's forever <laughs> because I love it. I get such a kick out of that. That match they had last week, you know, the mirroring and wearing the same outfit, it really was hard to tell who was who. I mean, I got Jay De Niro and Manny Domingo so mixed up. I mean... I've been a wrestling fan for 40-some years, and it was like the killer bees out there. I wasn't sure which was which. I just didn't know. Did you know when uh, when when Stagger Lee came back to Mid-South that it was the Junkyard Dog? What? Yeah. Well, I've got some other ones for you. Dude. Oh, my God. We're going to have to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, We're going to have some serious stuff to talk about after the show. There's a lot to talk about. Um, a lot to talk about. Oh, my God. Just don't tell them who the hurricane really is, Jack. I won't. I want the superhero in training, the shit. Oh, that's a uh, that's a Bob Dylan song, right? <laughs> I think so. Very old reference is what that is. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, there was a non-title match between Ryan Von Rocket and the Ohio Valley Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Jack Vaughn. Yes, uh, Jack Vaughn seemed to. Uh, um, I mean, things worked out well enough for him this week after uh, getting the uh, uh, the. Um, the whiskey mist last week from Tony Gunn. I was mm. trying to think of a catchier way to put it, but s- simply, I mean, you know, you spit booze in somebody's face, it's going to take them a minute to the, regain their composure. The, Ryan Von Rocket takes advantage of that. One, two, three, we're done. This week was not so easy, a, a not for Ryan Von Rocket. So I kept, apparently, every once in a while, you can, in fact, stop the rock. Jack Von jump starts the match. Um, Crystal and Katie freak out the whole time i was watching this with a friend who doesn't watch wrestling and they said what's is their job just to be hot i said yeah 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 pretty much pretty much and and she said to be hot and fawn over him and i said yeah yeah that's, yeah yeah that's pretty much yeah, that that's pretty is, much it yeah um yeah that's uh crystal katie's job they did a great job of that this week as ryan von rocket was getting um tossed all over the side of the ring before he eventually got thrown in uh, for a one, two, three from the OVW heavyweight Jack Vaughn. Who was a menace. I mean, very menacing out there this week, threatening uh, Crystal and Katie. Um, you know, just as big a personality, a big as big a heel personality as I've ever seen him have. And I know he's been out for a while doing his own thing independently, but it looks as though he's back now and he's going to be figuring more prominently into the stories. And I can't wait to see... Uh, where his character arc goes and what his next um, rivalries are going to be. It's good to have you back, Jack Vaughn. can't help but agree with you. I, like, I would like to see him on television on a more consistent basis than we had over the last few weeks. And I can't help but sometimes think that maybe the presence of, as much as I like EC3, I like the Overman, I like the NWA heavyweight t- title and what it represents and representing it in different um federations all over the country and hopefully the world i just can't help but think sometimes having that belt or the presence of someone like ec3 just detracts from having the ovw heavyweight championship on the uh on the card week to week yeah. do you ever feel that way uh, i mean it's it's cool to to cross promote and have the nwa championship in ovw um it has felt a little um 
lacking to not have the heavyweight champion be more uh, involved consistently with the storylines. We don't know why that is. Yeah, we don't know why that is, and that's not to uh, down anybody or anything or point any fingers. It's just, you know, there's been so much else going on. It's been easy to forget the fact that the heavyweight champion hasn't been there all the time mm-hmm. because, I mean, there's there's been so many new stories and the pay-per-view, the, I mean, two pay-per-views in a month, and uh, I know we've been busy personally and, you know, as part of the podcast. Uh, it's just one of those things that got lost in the shuffle, and now that he's been on the last couple of weeks, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I want to see what happens with you because uh, you're the one holding the gold, man. Yeah. So I got two questions. Okay. Do we think that maybe Vaughn is allowed to be off a little more because OVW sort of has two top belts? An embarrassment of riches? Yeah, and as long as Jesse's there, then they don't feel like Jack has to be. And also, do you think it's a budgetary question between EC3 and Jack Vaughn? That we can only really pay for one big name in, Hmm. in one event? I don't think that the two of them are getting paid near the same. If I had to guess. Well, that may be a good point, but I, I also agree. I don't I don't think it has anything to do with budgeting. I also bet that some of EC3's appearance money comes from the NWA and not from OVW directly. That's also a good point. Uh, I hadn't if, thought about that. If but, yeah. I had to guess. I don't know anything like specifically, but if I had to guess. What might motivate the NWA to help OVW with their appearance fees? Belts on belts on their programming, and you are borrowing talent. Yep, I, I see. I um, mean, that's just a a theory or an idea. Yeah, just an idea. But yeah, I mean, that that's, makes sense. It, it's somewhat common practice. Well, we're here to theorize. Sure. Um, you had another question. I, I'm sorry. What was no? This? The other one was the does the fact that they have basically two top belts kind of make it so they feel like Jack can be off as long as Jesse's there. I think that having a belt on Jesse at a time when there's more people watching the product that aren't necessarily indie wrestling fans or like hardcore wrestling fans, hardcore is in they're super into wrestling, not hardcore, hardcore wrestling fans. Um, that's a guy that is a little easier to put on television and put on a poster than Jack Vaughn is. That's very true. Well, <laughs> I mean, this is speculation this on is my part. This is pure speculation. Yeah. But... Um, in response to that question, I, I mean, I've I've talked to him a few times. I'm I'm not super close, but uh, if if I had to guess, I mean, he's a busy man. I know Jack Vaughn. Um, you know, going back and seeing him and seeing him at house shows in Ohio, for like the last four years or so, uh, I've I've seen him in action quite a bit. I've talked to him a few times. Um, I, I think he's just a really busy guy. I mean, he was over in Europe for a while and just got back recently. So I, I feel like he's just, uh, you know, working on his career independently while being a part of the OVW. But, you know, what do I know? As I almost should. forgot my uh, lunch on my way here today. So <laughs> As you should. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what what fun would this podcast be if we didn't just talk right out of our ass all the time? It wouldn't be nearly as fun. And guess what? It wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't just talk out of our ass with little to no information to go on. <laughs> so. Hush. Got to change. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, uh, we had a match between TW3, friend friend of the show. We got to retire that one after today. I think we beat that one into the ground. What? Friend of the show? I've never said it that much in my life. What? Friend of that, the phrase friend of the show until today. Oh. 
we do have that's a, I guess it's a good thing I should look at it glass half full we have a lot of friends we do and there's nothing wrong with that I think that's great we, we are growing uh, lots of friends all the time he uh, he wrestled one of your favorite guys or one of your your favorite group of guys they, never, I, they don't travel alone. No, they they never travel alone. Yes, he uh, he did wrestle the Nephilim, uh, Damone Salavino, uh, accompanied by ZDP and uh, Dark Rev of the Fallen. Um, it was um, what would I what would I say about this? Um, Damone Salavino's hungry. Yeah, and I, it's been consistent in their matches, and I I love that they work this into part of their thing i mean if you're not familiar with the fall and they're all uh, on the evil slash possessed spectrum of um uh supernatural they're from hell yeah they're they from hell but um as as a result um there is a lot of biting um you know zdp is you know a, a rabid zombie pretty much and uh so you would expect that uh, with there being zombies in the match, there would be some biting in hopes that uh, the opponent would also be turned, which um, I, I one of these days it would be cool if that really happened in real life. Like somebody got bit and then mysteriously, oh, my God, they're, they're evil now, too. They're part of the fallen. How many people do you have to bite in a day to get enough calories to keep up with Damone Salavino's bitchin' body? I don't know, man. That's that's a hard question. That's right up there with how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? Gee whiz! Every time he comes, I I I want something. I I I know you love the Fallen. I'm like iffy on them. I think characters like this are important in wrestling. Wrestling should be a buffet. You should be able to get a little bit of whatever you want. Oh sure. I want I want Damone Salvino to do something a little different because I think he's got a great look. I think he's a good wrestler. I think that this thing is a little. Uh, just maybe not for me. I think it's a little bland for him. I want to see. I want to see what else the man can do, because in the last few years, I've only seen him kind of uh, be. I think at one point he was an angel, and now he's like a fallen angel. It's always been this kind of like supernatural thing. Like, sure. I want to see. I want to see what else the guy can do. Yeah, I I would like to so I think see. He's got a, I just think he's got a killer look. I, mean, I think he's got a lot of potential. It's just you know, there's so like the OV roster is so deep, it's hard to get everybody out there all the time. And I I feel like for a while they hadn't really gotten as much screen time as everybody else, but with Halloween rolling around, they had their share and they uh, played an important role in uh, the pay per view and what led up to it and what uh, followed afterwards. But um, I'm just really glad that at the end of this match, TW3 still has all of his digits and both of his testicles. Sunset flip into a roll-up, hell of a way to finish off this match. (laughs) Tell me about it. TW3, truly, now that we know a little bit more about him, uh, I don't know that my opinions changed on him as much as I do see things about him that I I maybe didn't see before. Now I, I really do get the scope of how much he's wrestled and how long he's wrestled and how many different kinds of opponents he had and how, how critical he is of wrestling and of his matches. Like I see things in him now that I've heard it straight from his, his own, in his own words, I see things in him that I, I maybe had trouble seeing before. And it also comes at a time where he's being presented better in OVW than we've seen him, uh, in the, in the length of this podcast. Well, that he is. Yeah. He's <clears throat> certainly, uh, on a roll these days and uh, congratulations tw3 on uh, yet another win and we hope that you come back and see us sooner than later 
Star Rider then finds out who who uh, beat up Manny Domingo, Junta Pesos. I wonder who it was. Hmm. I kind of thought Any I had guesses? an idea. Uh, it it was you know basically him and t- him attacking himself because it was Jade and Nero. And uh, if you can't tell the difference, got in a fight with a mirror. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's it's uh, this is one of those those um, backstage vignettes. Like LBW does a great job of vignettes. I I usually like they really do enjoy their vignettes. Um, I've even started after criticizing myself on not w- watching the talking segments. I've started watching a lot of the talking segments and have grown kind of grown on them too. Um, but this is one of those things that, like, you could have just put it on TV. I didn't need to see Manny Domingo crumpled in a heap to know who beat him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you could have just shown him get beat up by Jay Domingo. There was no, like, air of mystery to this. No, there was not. If if you watched last week, uh, it's probably a pretty safe bet that it was uh, Jay De Niro. I mean, you didn't really have to go out there. But I'm, I'm for people who are casual viewers, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you, you tied those... Uh, loose ends up but uh yeah for me it wasn't really necessary to uh come spell it out that jade nero attacked manny domingo um that this led us kind of to our next match of the night jade nero joins kentucky country boy heavyweight champion tony evans um to the ring in a match against maximo suave my new best friend maximo suave it was good to finally see him get some time after a, a couple weeks when we talked to him and Hadn't really seen much of him yet. We saw him at the pay-per-view. Uh, we saw him the Thursday before that, if I remember right. I don't mm. know. I think that might have been a dark match that Thursday. Yeah, this is the first time we've seen him in a singles on television in quite some time. Yeah, that's true. But um, he he factored into the Manny Domingo Star Rider story, so I'm, I'm glad he was out there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, Jaden Nero got to him before he really got a chance to take on uh, Superior Tony Evans. So unfortunately for uh, Maximo, it wasn't uh, a, a good night. It was an early night, thanks to the uh, hand of doom. But um, hopefully things will get better for him, and uh, maybe uh, we'll we'll see him again next week. Maybe he'll be part of the next chapter of the uh, Junta Pesos story. Well, and as far as when an open um, challenge gets issued near a guy like Maximo Suave, kind of getting back onto the roster, kind of trying to make a name for yourself, you got to answer that open challenge, even if it does end in a uh, no decision because you got hit with, a, uh, as you like to say, the loaded baked potato glove. Yes. Um, the Nintendo Power Glove, as I have called it in the past. Cheddar cheese and bacon. Chives. Um, Delicious. Our one main event, Beaches and Cream, uh, Omar Mir and Luscious Lawrence versus the Outrunners. Uh, you knew the stuff that we've touched on again. It's kind of like what week four or five or ten or twelve of us say that the outrunners can't win, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they they weren't on the winning end on this episode, and that has been a fairly consistent thing, unfortunately. But it doesn't matter the win loss record. These guys no. are super over. And, I mean, even the night before, they wrestled uh, Sting and Darby Allen. Yeah, I was going to say it's just ironic that, you know, they go from Sting and Darby Allen night before, same city, go across town. It's, uh, you know, it's just like these guys are on a roll. Like, I, it's really exciting to see. It's awesome that you can still see them in OVW Arena. I just think it's funny that you've got, like, these guys that are white hot, and they're just kind of like lambs to the slaughter every week. But they don't need to win because everybody loves the Outrunners. 
Everybody yeah. loves the Outrunners. I mean, it would, I, I love the Outrunners. I, you know, I've gotten a lot of OVW gear over the last year, year and a half. Um, I ultimately, I, I want to get all of it, but uh, you know, it's one piece at a time. And uh, I, I got an Outrunner shirt. I absolutely love it. I love their look, and uh, they're always entertaining to watch. I always look forward to them. Um, one of these days, I, I feel like they're really going to get the push they deserve. But uh, tonight was not that night being that Luscious Lawrence and Omar Amir had some serious business at Davis Arena this week. Yeah, Beaches and Beaches and Cream uh, rough up the Outrunners for a fair bit. The uh, the team of Mahabali Shira and Cashflow uh, come to confront the Outrunners, or the Beaches and Cream after the end of the match. Beaches and Cream goes out the side door. Yes, they did. I, I noticed that. They went straight out the side. I thought I was going to have trouble buying Lawrence as a heel until I saw that smug face of his when he realized there was a side door that he could go out of. <laughs> um, it's just like, that was, uh, that was like, <coughs> again, this, this show is, when I'm, as I'm rewatching it now, I think I was a little rough on it when I was initially watching it. And as we're talking about it, I think maybe I was a little rough on it than it needed to be. Um, but it's small moments like that that, that really for me they can change my perception on on a wrestling show sometimes yeah. it's stuff that doesn't even happen in the ring that makes me more excited for next week yeah just yeah. those little personal tweaks that yeah. take it just a little bit further um one thing i noticed about this um luscious lawrence got spanked yes he yes. sure did twice that was uh um that was a great spot yeah it was a great spot <laughs> it, it was the first time it happened. I thought, did he just, he just smack his ass? He sure did. And then it happened again. I was like, wow, yeah, he sure did. I, I didn't realize it was going to be that kind of party, but nah, here we are. Um, well, you know, he's the big booty daddy. Yeah, that he is. So, um, wait, I think that might be somebody else. I think he might be the sweet booty daddy. I think the big. Oh, booty, uh, I think oh, the big. Gosh. I think the big booty daddy is Mr. Steiner. Um, I don't know. Uh, he. What was it? He. Uh, Sweet Daddy Nasty. Sweet Daddy Nasty. Yeah. Yes. That, that. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Big Booty Daddy is Scott Steiner. Big, big Bad Voodoo Booty Daddy. That's a band that I don't like. That is uh, something I just made up. Oh. Kind of. Kind of. It's a Scott Steiner themed uh, um, jump revival, jump jazz revival band. Yeah. Right? That's it. Yeah. Uh, bout number six, top of the hour, hour two here. Riley Matthews kind of. Um, another showing from her. She's someone that uh, we should probably keep an eye on. She gets booked in pretty prominent positions, but doesn't win, which is kind of the as I've as we've watched three or four months of this critically. That seems to kind of be the uh, OVW booking style: is go out there, make our our top stars look really good, and then if people like you, you'll start winning. Eventually, Riley Matthews is in that stage right now. And in terms of OVW, yes, it does appear that that's kind of where uh, her her career arc is in regard to OVW. But uh, I've seen her wrestle at some of the house shows I go to in Ohio, uh, so I don't naturally gravitate towards that mindset. I've I've seen her have some great uh, uh, house show matches. So I, I know what she's capable of, and I'm, I'm just excited to see it on the, uh, 
the screen coming from historic Davis Arena. Yeah, she wouldn't she wouldn't be where she is if she didn't have um, absolutely something. Oh yeah, you know something that we needed to pay attention to. But it just seems kind of like this is not unsimilar to where TW three was not that long ago. That's true. Yeah, you know, lose to Tony Gunn, lose to this guy, lose to that guy. You and put on valiant performances. You rise up the card a little bit. You start winning. Just kind of seems. Now, granted, we know that the um, women's division is booked a little bit differently than the men's division is. That's we, we've true. heard we've heard that firsthand on this podcast, but um, we also heard in that very same uh, interview that the with Amazing Maria that the buck stops at one man. So he's making all of the decisions about everything. It's just kind of one of those things that I've noticed. OVW does have some booking tropes. Every booker has tropes, but that is definitely one of OVWs that I've picked up on. Is like the spunky upcomer. You see him for two months and then they start winning. Yeah, that's a good eye on your part, by the way. Uh, great post-match segment here, kind of middle of the match kind of i don't know exactly what was going on uh the bad girls club comes and interrupts the match riley kind of tries to use it to take it uh use that distraction to her advantage um hollyhood's just uh talking a million miles a minute great promo segment from her on yeah this one. I-, I love when she asks where's the little one at Where, yeah where's the little <laughs> one at she's she's fantastic great promo segment from her um riley matthews like i said tries to capitalize on that distraction but don't piss Hollywood off. No, no, not at all. Most people would fall for the distraction, not Miss Haley J. No, no, she sure didn't. And as valiantly as uh, uh, she tried to get the jump on Hollywood Haley J, she was not able to do that. And uh, Haley hitting Riley with an Abigail at the end, which brings me to a question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been an uh, OVW fan a little bit longer than I have. Is that something that she does on a regular basis? Because I've seen it a little bit here lately, but I wasn't sure if that was something that she had been done in a while. I don't think so, but she's got a whole bunch of new tricks. Uh, yeah, she sure does. Like, just there's something every week that she comes out with that I've never seen before or looks better than she's ever done it before. Like, um, her transition to full wrestling full-time has paid dividends for her and what she's able to do in ring. Yeah. I uh, I just wanted to ask you because I noticed that I've seen it a couple times in the the past few episodes and uh, I, I made a particular um, notice of it last night and uh, I guess my follow up is do you think that's a homage to uh, the fiend Bray Wyatt? Well, I mean, I think that and his legacy. I think I mean it certainly could be, um, and I think that it right now, especially if you're using that move, it's impossible to separate it from Bray Wyatt. Yeah, that's a, a very good point. It's in my in my heart it's always going to be linked to him and he did it so well and uh it was always so effective. I just didn't know what you thought about it, whether it was uh like an homage to him or just, you know, a cool new trick that uh she picked up on. Uh either way, that was how the uh uh, the match ended, and uh, I guess to, to answer your question in a more broad sense, when a mat when a move like that is so closely identified with someone, 
it's 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 a homage without even being a homage. That that's kind of how I you took know what it. I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, she wasn't the only one who uh, was paying homage to Bray Wyatt last night. Gracie's dad was wearing a Fiend shirt. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was back behind the uh, the um, announce crew. I think behind uh, Brian Kennison on the on the right side of the screen. Yeah, they weren't. I noticed that too. They weren't in their normal spot. No, but that's okay. You weren't in your normal spot uh, when we started recording the day, so... That's true. That's true. you got to change it up every once in a while. You do. Perspective. Um, This this kind of next thing that happened was you guys had touched on at the beginning of this episode um, in long form. So if you're just now tuning in for whatever reason, I think that's an old radio um, habit coming out. If you guys are just tuning in... You can catch it on our stream. No, uh, you, if, if for whatever reason you just are tuning in, you only heard half this podcast, there's a full um, long-form recap of the Manchester Music Hall uh, show that my co-host Brian Hines and our producer Tiny Brian and our senior producer Vic went to. Um, go back and listen to that. Um, the, the segment that we saw, though, was live footage from this show. Yes, and specifically live footage between Adam Revolver and Cal Hero. Yes, that's true. I was glad to see them uh, have some of that footage. And like we said earlier, I, I will go back to see whether there is more of it on the YouTubes. But uh, that fr- Friday's, night, Friday's match was a great match. Uh, last night we got to see the next installment um, of what happened between uh, Cal Hero and Adam Revolver and... As soon as the match is getting ready to get started, what happened? Um, uh, <laughs> old school. Okay, I actually there's two thing there's two things here before before we move on to that. Okay, I actually have I have uh, a comment about the the footage that we actually did see from the Manchester musical thing. Okay, yeah. Do you think that it was decidedly a little more wrestlers looking? Like, do you think it was decidedly a little more, uh, like... The footage like from the, the Manchester? Yes. Huh. Because it doesn't look like the footage we see from Davis Arena. That is a good point. And I, I didn't pick up on that either. But, uh, yeah, you're you're right. It, it did look more... Uh, I think sim- the word you're looking for, gentlemen, is cinematic. Yes. Yes. I think that was the word you were actually about to say. Yeah, I was. That's. I was about to say that. But uh, you're right, and uh, I appreciated that. I was glad to see it. I was glad that it even even existed in the first place. But the fact that it was more cinematic, uh, you know, it was really well done as always. And if we can get more of that, that would be great. And yes, then something if we could circle back to to kind of on that. You guys, I don't think you mentioned it. There was some news that night about uh, investor, potential investors that... Oh, yeah. 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 I have that video. I'll release that on the feed at some point. I recorded Matt... Yeah, Matt Jones came in at the start of that show for a couple minutes, thanked everybody, as he often does. We see when we go to Davis, he will come out and do that often. Yeah. But he did specify that they now have a new investor. Uh, we've seen this investor gentleman when we've been to Davis Arena. Yes, they the, stick the out like a sore thumb. They really mm-hmm. do. We, we saw <laughs> Notice that right away. And uh, I did hey, at fellas. the intermission. I went, walked up, and introduced myself to the gentleman. Oh, and, really? Uh, yes. And uh, oh, I, I didn't know any of that. I got there a little bit late, so I heard about the announcement secondhand. 
but I didn't actually hear the announcement, and I didn't know that you took video of it, and I didn't know that you uh, went up and introduced yourself, so that's well, great. I have no fear of this stuff, so yeah, I'll just walk up and talk to anybody. So yeah, I just walked up, shook his hand. I, I literally just like, you're the investor, right? Like, I should probably <laughs> put my accent on a little thicker. You're the investor, right? How you doing? My name's Brian. So, but yes, so there is going to be new investment in OVW. We should see things start to... Which is fantastic news. Is this self-shot Ohio Valley Wrestling footage at a huge house show when there's new investors? Is this a coincidence? Or is there some smoke? Or is there a fire where where I think I'm smelling a little smoke? Or am I? do I need to go see a doctor? Uh, if it has lasted longer than four hours, you need to see a doctor and get it rid of it. I just think I just think that this kind of transition toward um, like what looks more consistent with what happened in the documentary, along with some new investors, along with like a big marquee house show. I'm just rolling past your joke, Brian. That's fine. Um, I just think that it's it's not it's not a coincidence. Well, and you got to remember, all this investment must have went into the. The footage doctoring and the AI technology used to make it look like Adam Revolver lost that match. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, clearly that's where the extra money went. Those guys did look like they came from tech. Yeah. Yeah, they really do, The investors, yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, I just think, I just, first off, love that they did something, I said this earlier, love that they did something old school like change a belt at, um, at a house show. But I think that there was a very specific reason why that footage is the footage that we saw. I think there's a specific reason why it looks the way that it does. I think there's a reason it was shot at Manchester Music Hall. And I think that it is not a coincidence that uh, that was being shot at the same time these investors come (coughs) along um, and have big goals in mind for OVW and the future of OVW. I like the way you think, and I hope you're right, because that would be great. I mean, I already love watching uh, OVW every week uh, almost as much as I love doing this podcast. And if they were to uh, um, bring it a little bit bigger on a weekly basis in terms of, like, cinematic stuff or uh, stuff outside of Historic Davis Arena at different venues, um, bring it. I'm all about it. So we'll get back into the actual action of, of the OVW television. Um, Cal Hero and Adam Revolver, we think we're going to get a match, but guess what? We actually get it's another Memphis angle between Cal Hero and Adam Revolver. We've That's right. We had the strap match. That's right. We had the blindfold match. We're running out of old school Memphis angles. What's next? He's talking shit about his mom, talking shit about his dad. What's next? We've got to have a fireball, and we got it. I don't, I'm not talking about one of those little tiny shots either. No, no, no. We got an actual old school Jerry Lawler Memphis fireball from Adam Revolver onto Cal Hero's face. This was an, another uh, instance this week where I had to go back and rewind it because I, I looked away. Happened very quickly. It, yes, it was very quick. If you blink, you miss it. And uh, I blinked, so I had to go back and watch. And um, I went back far enough to where you could see Shannon pass Adam Revolver all of the fireball making... Uh, materials and then as soon as the opportunity arises whoosh yeah and went up like uh, Clark Griswold's Christmas tree after Uncle Lewis lit his uh, stogie in the living room Cal Hero's doctor's bills from this past year in the city of Louisville alone yeah 
Uh, we're, enormous. We're, we're talking fireball treatment. We're talking uh, Blind, got blinded, blinded. Uh, I, I'm, you know, he he's a good guy. General I'm, I'm, wear and tear. I'm guessing that he probably kicked in on the hospital bills for uh, Linda K. Because uh, she had that concussion and she was out for a few weeks. So I, I can see that uh, I, I can see him uh, kicking in money to uh, help offset the cost of that uh, that hospital stay because he seems like that kind of dude. Up next is proof that EC3 listens to this podcast every week. Um, it was his best edited and shot backstage homemade cell phone video to cha- further challenge Jesse Goddard's. Um, there was some captions. There was some slight editing. There was like a green screen background. Yeah. Weird high step up. Some of the editing did look like it was a mistake that he just left in there because he didn't want to go back through and redo it. But it was an attempt, and it was a move in the right direction. Yeah, I, I can see that. He, it, it, we're getting there. We're, we're not there. there yet, but we're getting there. He but clearly doesn't have the, a the lighting daughter. was kind of soft. Uh, it kind of felt like uh, he was doing a, a wrestling pl- promo while he was also in a glamour shot. It was a little like, yeah, like you know, like he was in a bathtub. Like, it was a little, like, the lighting was, like, very soft and relaxing. Yeah. You know, like, you know. Well, he has a stressful job. Yeah, it was just, like, some very spa like yeah. Like, yeah, maybe that's what it was. He was at a spa. He was getting his toes done. My favorite part of that video, by the way, was when uh, he says the uh, the national heavyweight champion means everything, thing, thing to Jesse. He adds a little bit yeah. of reverb yeah. onto everything. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yes. Uh <laughs> Jesse has his uh, TikTok response, not as dramatically cut, but uh, but and also not as dramatically worded. EC three is, yeah, <laughs> he's a poet. He's a yeah, he, he, sort he, of. When he he found out about certain aspects of ancient Greece, he took to some of them more to, than to others. I'll leave you up to decide which ones. His world were. civilization class was very important. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't know if it was a world civ class. I think it was the movie 300. But, ah, yeah. Um, Have you ever seen a Gladiator movie? The movie Gladiator? No, Gladiator movies in general. I, mean, I think I saw the movie Gladiator. Okay, that's fair. I guess that counts. Russell Crowe, Are You Not Entertained? Yeah, I, yeah, that was a good movie. Won an Oscar. I uh, I, I've only seen that like once all the way through, and uh, it it almost brought me to tears. It was that good at the end. Just if you watch Dynamite on Wednesday nights, it'll come on TNT eventually. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, final batch, or no, 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 we had we had a match before that. We had our pin ultimate match between Bo Amir, the face of fear, Bo Amir, um, a um, Hakeem Olajuwon esque man, just just huge just can't fit through a doorway seven foot tall they said and i think it was i think it was a legit seven foot i don't think that was tightened seven feet there no he he definitely came off on uh, tv looking that he was very easily seven feet tall as advertised and he going back and looking at this it, it he kind of has the build of uh giant gonzalez yeah you know just very very tall and uh, very muscular. Oscar Sheebway for those of us in Lexington. Oh yeah, right. Just very I got tall, you. Very tall, very muscular. Uh, he's, I mean, 
did a decent enough job, but you know, I, I've already got one favorite French giant, and that is uh, Mr. Rusimov, Andre the Giant himself. Do you think that um, his last name became Amir because he didn't have trunks that fit, and he borrowed an old pair of Omars because Omar is only going by Omar now? I've wondered about that, and I think uh, that I think I think I have seen Omar wear those trunks before. Really. No, we'll we'll have to do a little research and circle back around to that. Yeah, because I I don't know. Maybe that's you know something that happened. Maybe that's you know just us goofing off. This is his second OVW appearance. Um, it's been really cool to see Tony Gunn in this position of taking younger guys. We know that he has some sort of role in training OVW uh, wrestlers to a certain degree. We're not I'm not 100 percent sure what that role is. I've just heard them put it over on commentary before. So it's a lot of fun to see him in this position when he's kind of taking a week off from the angles that he's in to just really uh, put a showcase on for these new guys that you haven't seen a lot of before. Did yeah. the same thing with Donovan Cecil a few weeks ago. He has a talent with kind of working with these outsized guys like that. Um, he's like the intermediate trainer, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would I would say that is... Like, my, I want to say in that... That is my, kind of my understanding. Yeah, and yeah. in, in the school... Um, it's uh, cash. It, cash flow is the beginner trainer, and I want to say that he's the intermediate. And I, I think that uh, Doug Basham is the the expert level or the the you know next higher up. I, I don't know how that works. That, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So there we are. And uh, he did a great job. They both did, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, Bo looked very menacing, very frightening. They mentioned uh, him as the face of fear, and yeah, he was very intimidating yep. that night. Uh, they did also mention him as a mammoth, and uh, I, I disagree with that one. I take issue with that because that's clearly yeah, Donovan's Not season. my mammoth. No. <laughs> I would like to see him and Joe Mack tied up. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be a good one. They'd have to raise the roof of Historic Davis Arena, though. Yeah. Well, they do uh, a good enough save, job of that on a weekly basis. Save anyway. that one for the Outside Country Boy show. You, don't, you can't yeah. take any, there you can't go. Take any risks. Or um, another outside venue, perhaps, in the future. Good showing for Boomer though. You can tell he's a little, uh, he's a little green on the vine. He's a little young in the world. Well, that's the all right, man. World. Everybody starts somewhere. But you done all right. Kid. Tony Gunn is you done all right. Tony Gunn is ex- extremely, extremely, extremely good at, again about wrestling around these guys. Yeah, um, and a, a very formidable opponent to boot. Yeah, yeah. Former multi heavyweight champion. Yeah, and if you're if if he's willing to make you look good, he can certainly do it. And if he wants to make you look like a chump, he can do that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tony Gunn, great. Love Tony Gunn. I didn't get Tony Gunn for a while. I just didn't get it. It didn't connect with me. And now I get it. He's like he's he's the heart and soul of the whole thing. You well, know? he's there's definitely a a group of people that he appeals to and there's a lot of those folks from back home in Ohio and uh, um, if if you're listening Mr. Gunn um, I'm going I'm I'm not going to assume that you are like your character but uh, if you are and you are a bit of a hunter uh, deer season is coming up and I have a food dehydrator so if you bag a couple of bucks and you've got some extra deer jerky you'd like to get rid of, or maybe we could get together and make some. Um, I'm just saying, I, I like to make the uh, the deer jerky and the food dehydrator, and I don't think anybody in the room would turn their nose up at you that. You go spicy deer jerky? We going mild? Like, what do you think? I like varieties. I like spicy. I like teriyaki. Um, Fresh, never frozen, though? Are we putting it straight in there? Are we getting it? We, we taking it in from last season? Like, what are we doing with that deer jerky? Uh... You know, we fresh is best, but uh, frozen works too. 
You ever make enough to give away or, you know, because whenever I make it, I just eat it all. Uh, no, it rarely leaves the house. I mean, I, my son might have some of it, but really that's about it. I mm-hmm. usually take care of most of it rather quickly. And that has been OVW Food Talk from the, OVW, talk. Uh, the unofficial OVW podcast. Hmm, food. And I would love to have a video of, of Brian, you, and, and uh, Gun making deer jerky together. I think that would be some quality content. So yeah, it, it could be I like... I endorse uh, this. I just want to know what you guys are going to talk about other than that. That's why we mic them and put a camera on <laughs> I, I would say that there's, you know, there'd be a lot of things like, you know, hunting, uh, whiskey, uh, wrestling. I don't know. It, it would be a good interview if we could uh, get him in there and, and we could make... Uh, deer jerky as we're doing an interview sure i'm just saying that putting that out there into the universe in hopes that uh one day sooner than later i am full of deer jerky i don't even know how to change a tire so maybe we'll hold off on the hunting related stuff for a little bit um ovw tag team championship match between the golden lions and the overman this is the match of the the final match of the evening i guess i should say um luke curtis is bumping feed and fool I love I I love it. I love watching him flip and flop all over that ring and and look just like he he looks so old school just like you know hesitate to say old school like whatever but you know what I mean. He looks like an 80s heel. Oh he yeah. Lo- he's, and he's like Jersey Shore uh, Mr. Wonderful. He's like uh Jersey Shorndorf. Jersey Shorndorf. Yeah. Mr. Wonderful Jersey Shorndorf. There you go. I like it. I like it. Certified Jersey Shorendorf. Yeah, you know, got the got the look, got the uh, the gear, the robes, and all that. Um, but no, it's not just about like falling on your back. No, like he is he he's a seller of a different generation. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. You don't see as much of that anymore as you used to, but uh, he definitely subscribes to the uh, old old school um, mentality. When you take a bump, that's that's just how it rolls. Yeah, yeah, very. And speaking of, uh, he he was in orbit, like cash flow just like launched him. Yeah, that was something that I I had uh, made a mental note of too. Is the elevation that he got during that one spot where they he guess they threw him over? He looked like he was going going to go through the roof. Yeah, he threw him in the next week. Like I'm surprised he didn't break the uh, break the ring upon impact, coming yeah. back down. Like it was it was he was so high up. But like he's he's the perfect guy for that. Like he's the perfect guy on the roster for taking those huge like power moves, taking those huge uh, bumps, you know. And he doesn't have to bump in a big way. He doesn't have to spend a lot of time jumping outside of the ring or jumping off of high stuff. He's just good at bumping and taking the you know these very practical, smart bumps that make sense in t- inside of the wrestling match and make sense for his character. I love Luke Curtis so much. Yeah, I absolutely. Love, so love do I. Luke Curtis. Um, uh, this one kind of, based on the rest of the night, I think this one was kind of easy to see where it was, where we were going. Yeah, it was, it was pretty obvious. Um, Beaches and cream interference. Yeah. Uh, you knew that was coming, uh, going back to them already you know, the last week or two and them being part of the uh, first hour, uh, you knew it was coming. You just didn't know when. And, and the sure fact enough, that it, the, I mean, there was nothing clean the whole night, basically. No, no, not really. But uh, for for a hot second, it looked like they were going to join the Overmen. It, it was going to be a booty it, island 
and the Overman, but that turned out to be Fantasy Island as uh, Beaches and Cream uh, took out the Overman after they uh, disrupted the match. There was a really great call during this match, too, where um, Kinnison says, is lying and cheating and using backhanded tactics, is that truly the ways of the champion? And both of the other commentators just go, well, yeah, pretty much, actually, yeah. (laughs) 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 Which is funny, especially given Josh Ashcraft's, you know, if you've just started watching OVW recently, Josh Ashcraft used to be, like, the most hated heel in OVW, even above where Shannon is now. Like, people could not stand that guy. He still has residual heat from how much people didn't like him from when he was a manager. Wow. People still call him dirty names all the time. <laughs> that's that's impressive. Yeah, but he's a great commentator. He's, I, I think yes, he's, he he's is, worked, absolutely. Out, worked out really well. That three-man booth is really, really tight. I really like the, the commentary team. Yeah, they, they do a really good job of uh, driving the bus in terms of storytelling outside of what's going on in the ring. So I guess moving forward, we've got a lot of, of loose ends. We don't have a, a true conclusion between the Golden Lions and the Overmen. No. We are only kind of getting started uh, between Golden Lions and Beaches and Cream. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of have the question of when you have you, the titles on you, you're always got a title on your back. So what's, or a target on your back. So what's next for the Overmen in addition to Cash Flow and Mahabali Shira? That's a, a good question. I don't know. I, like we uh, talked about uh, in the last episode and the one before. It uh, uh, appears as though last week was like Act One after the pay per view, whereas the uh, the following episode seemed like a continuation of it. This seems mm-hmm. to be like the middle or end of Act One, where we're starting to build the story and see how things are going to play out and who's going to be uh, uh, challenging who moving forward. But uh, yeah, it was you know a, a great, excellent show as always, and. Um, I, I can't wait to see what happens next. If I also... I, if, oh, sorry. If I was borrowing, like, um, phrases, you know, trying to make similes, I might call this episode a sophomore slump for me, to be really? honest with you. Yeah. Just kind of going back and watching it, I'm a little higher on it than I was the first time I watched it, but I still didn't see a lot that really connected with me. I thought it was kind of a placeholder. Um, and it's just, it's hard for me when I don't see a lot of, clean finishes when well, i just see yeah that, that does kind of interruption like, after interruption after interruption it, yeah i think there were three no decisions in total this match gentlemen this this show out of how many matches like eight, eight? was yeah. it well tv oh. says eight is enough but that's almost 50 percent. and you know yeah you're right that's you know not how you want a match to end but in terms of storytelling i get why these things uh, yeah. have, have three out of nine so a third of them <laughs> Had snozzy endings. Snossages. Snossages. I mean, these guys are telling this story perpetually for 50 years a week, or 50 weeks a year, rather. They can't all be, they can't all be the, you know, Abbey Road. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, um, you know, I did notice on social media uh, afterwards as I was watching this that, uh, uh, I hope I'm saying this right, Chris Kale from Five Finger Death Punch mm, was in the house yeah, last night. The bass player, I want to say. He's yeah, from, I, he's from I, I saw where. Uh, oh, is he really? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Maybe who knows? Maybe we'll run into him at Davis Arena at some point. 
Um, you want to take us away? I think is it my turn? Is it your turn? Which one are we doing? You want to do paper, rock, scissors? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We go, you in go on one, shoot? two, three. Yeah, shoot. Okay. One, two, three, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Okay, I win. Uh, the OVW podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Black Light Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The OVW podcast broadcast team is Jacqueline Oaks and myself, Brian Hines. Our studio engineer and editor is the dashing Malachi Woodard. Executive producer is tiny Brian K. Woodard, and senior producer for The Blimp is Victor Anderson. After watching Wrestlers on Netflix, visit ovwpodcast.com slash podcasters to find all episodes of our unofficial Wrestlers After Show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars if you would, and give us a quick review. You can also follow us at OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, and wherever you find social media. Thank you very much for this. Love you guys. Thank you.